0: So I remember the value of perception um being very, very real to me at that moment when you know there's a big old workout room area and on one side were all the people with like spinal injuries and the low back, you know, like T and L, whatever. And they were like someone was standing, walking with like back braces and all that kind of shit, like on treadmills, like, oh kind of suspended, but doing that kind of relearning how to walk. And I'm looking at them, I was like, man, I would freaking kill to be those people I swear to god like like I would make a sacrificial you know I would you know whatever I would kill to be those person, those people and then I turned my head slightly to the left not even 180 degrees and there were people that were being driven around with remote like a remote controlled car by loved ones and I said those people would kill to be me so there's always that, that there's a value in perception on just in, like, obviously, in, from situation to situation, but in life, you know, like how you look at things, like um, being able to flip the script on something and say, you know, st- take something that was detrimental or something that was um, kind of, you know, a negative and say, there's some way that I can flip this around and make it a positive. Jones-
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back, or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. Uh, This is another episode from my conversation series. So, uh, if you're new to the podcast, basically, I take a step back uh, from talking about uh, purely uh, vegan and plant-based stuff. And I simply interview somebody I find to be interesting or inspiring or somebody I think um, listeners can learn from. Um, and Matt very much falls into that category of inspiring and uh, somebody I think everybody can learn something from. Um, Matt and I first um, connected um, back when I was going into college. So I roomed with Matt's brother, Mitch, uh, for three out of the four years at WPI. Um, and we played football together and, you know, was, he was one of my closest friends. And, and Matt uh, trained us all, all during that period in the off season, both in the winter and uh, over the summer. And not only was Matt an amazing trainer and is an amazing trainer and super knowledgeable um, in the health and and wellness space, but, uh, he also became a friend of mine, um, and has been somebody over the years who I've just learned a bunch from. And, um, certainly during my college days was a, was a big time, um, you know, mentor to me and somebody I looked up to and, um, uh, and I think, you know, listen to this episode, you'll, you'll know why, Um, but basically I reached out to Matt, um, a few weeks ago and asked him if he would come on and in classic Matt fashion, he basically said, you know, why me? You know, I'm, I'm nothing special about me. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of Matt's attitude with everything, um, to, uh, add, add some contacts here. And you can see from the photo, uh, Matt's in a wheelchair and, um, although you wouldn't be able to tell by the way he talks and his approach to life. And, um, like we were literally all me, Matt and Mitch all lifting weights in his basement before this episode. And, um, you know, he still works out like nothing has ever happened to him. But, uh, basically in 2009, Matt was paralyzed in a car accident. Um, that was, uh, my, mine and Mitch's sophomore year, um, in October, of 2009, and what I find, you know, looking back on it, um, he never skipped a beat. You know, his whole life changed, you know, in 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 instant, and like he didn't skip a beat. You know, he was he was texting us workouts, you know, December December 14th when we got out of school for uh, break, and then the following summer, you know, early May he's back in the gym training us like nothing had changed. And I just find that absolutely unbelievable. And I know, you know, not only because I knew him before and I know him still to this day, 99.9999% of people just would not have bounced back like he has. Um, it's just incredible to see it's, it's incredible, um, you know, to talk to him and I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, give away too much of the episode, but, um, you know, we talk about how, you know, his, his mindset and perception on, on life and and challenges, um, you know, ha- has helped him overcome all this and, and still wake up every day with, with passion and, and with uh, enthusiasm, and with a purpose, um, it's just amazing. So uh, no matter what situation uh, you find yourself in, um, I know that you can, you can learn something from Matt and his story um, and, and just his, his uh, again, perception on things and just the power of how he just puts one foot in front of the other. It takes one step at a time. Uh, that's how he approaches challenges. And, uh, we also do talk, um, about nutrition. Uh, he's not vegan, you know, so he challenges me on that. He's very much, um, you know, of the mindset I used to be. Um, and so we have some fun with that too. Um, but I, I will be quiet now and I'll let you enjoy this one. Uh, this is a really powerful episode and I hope you share it, uh, with friends and family and, uh, take notes because some of the things that comes out of matt's mouth are just gems uh for for everybody um so without further ado the incredible matt McClune. Related, is your oh, all right matt McClune, in the house how we doing
0: Pat, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It's yeah. been a long time coming. I feel like I haven't seen you since the Reagan administration. Uh, <laughs> so
1: so we just, uh, Mitch, your brother is home, and we'll get into kind of how yeah. how that whole connection uh, happened. But we just went through, Mitch put me through some brutal workout.
0: Well, we all have that type of friendship where like some friends will go out for drinks. Some friends go out to golf. Some people will go for leisurely walks or bike rides. And we work out. And And we work out. That's what we do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like we'll meet up and it's never anything that's pleasurable. No. You know, but it's always more of a challenge to ourselves. And let's see if I can come up with something that's going to either, you know, wreck or challenge somebody else that, you know, put them through something that they can feel accomplished that day. You know, like either, you know, oh, he thought he could break me. He can't break me. Or, wow, he broke me. I got to get better at whatever. Yeah.
1: And I'm totally like... I don't work out like that anymore. Like right, I work right. out we like for, for pleasure. Like I'm like a nice easy run or, or walk or like things I enjoy. Yeah. And then it's like once or twice a year when I when I come over here or meet up with Mitch or whatever, it's I fucking fun. I get I, I get my ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, not you <clears throat> shouldn't train like that all the time, but every once in a while it's kind of nice. You give to, a little pulse check. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's parameters too. It's like, yeah. okay, I've been training like this for that long let's see if I can pull this off you know and it's the same thing when I did my first 5k in the chair yeah uh it would me me and we were just talking about it inside me and steady state anything don't really go very well together you know like I'm very kind of fast twitch and I always want to do the the one rep maxes and the explosive work and lift up heavy stuff And you can just go for a job. Yeah. I, I can go out there for an hour or two and be happy as a lark, yeah. And if I go to the other side of it, you know, if I go to like that long, steady-state aerobic work, I am a friggin' pig on ice skates. Yeah. I don't work out very well at <laughs> yeah. all.
1: Yeah. So I was thinking on the way over, of like timeline of when. So to give people context, we initially met when you started training me. I think, going into sophomore year in was college.
0: It sophomore year of college. or freshman I think year it was. College? I think it was sophomore year. because you and Mitch already decided to room together? So. Or was it the uh, training that got you guys to work together?
1: I think, so we knew each other from BCI for, like, freshman, sophomore year. We, right.
0: we knew who each other
1: were, but we didn't, like, hang out or anything. Uh-huh. Then I left for Hingham High. Then we both went to WPI. So we I remember we connected, like, the summer going to WPI, but mm-hmm. I don't think I trained with you that summer because I remember, like, my numbers for horrible like my, my, my testing numbers and uh so I think it was the following summer and that's when Mitch and I were in to room together that's right. we had like become pretty fast friends you know freshman year because we did have that company exactly and, and was, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's basically it you know like I need a friend in all of this yeah. that
0: I can lean on for a little bit of support yeah um and yeah it's kind of funny how certain um what's the word I'm looking for certain challenges or certain stressors will do that where you constantly look around man this stress would be a hell of a lot easier if someone was doing it with me yeah you know so like just like with you guys today when I was working out like usually my workout is a little slower paced because you know I'm constantly changing stuff myself and all that and today with you guys there it was like boom 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 like you guys would go I, I would go and it was me competing with you you know and it's real tough to to sit around and not work hard seeing what you guys just did. Um, so that just made my job easy. So I'm saying just like, I'm not going to let them out me. Like I'm going to work my tail off yeah. too, you know? So like, that's
1: the only thing dude, just getting around like the right, uh, the right energy changes you,
0: you know, it really does. Yeah. Whether For it's everything. like, whether it's yeah. music, whether it's being with the people that you like, whether it's a certain type of workout or, you know, whatever. Um, You know, it's it's all that kind of stuff. Uh, Watching your TED Talk, the foods you eat that you go into it, you're either feeling good or, you know, you're feeling run down, you feel like garbage, you know. So there's a lot of different variables there that go into a, you know, a solid, satisfying either training session or workout, you know. Um, And I feel like days like today... I don't know so much for you, but sometimes it all comes together where you just have that workout that you go through and you bang it out, and at the end you're exhausted, but it's like the best kind of exhausted. Totally. You know, accomplished, exhausted. And uh, and there's going to be a picture that I'm going to send you that hopefully accompanies this podcast <laughs> of, what, uh, of what satisfied and exhausted looks like. And that's uh, you being face up on the gym floor surrounded by sweat, and maybe some tears. Yep. Uh,
1: I'll, de- I'm, I'll definitely post that. <laughs> I will definitely good. post that. Yeah, I'll send it so, to So going into our, I'm pretty sure, because that was 2009. Summer 2009. Summer 2009, yeah. Where we started from May all the way till right, football yeah. camp. And that was the first summer, like, I definitely, like, personally, physically went to the next level, because you were training me and Mitch. Right. And we just did not F around. Like,
0: yeah, that was a good group because there were a couple of guys. They were all college football players, um, UNH guys, WPI guys. I'm, I'm brain farting on who was in the who else was in that group. Was Liam Sullivan or uh, Liam Driscoll in that? No, no, he's younger than No,
1: guys, but he so. was always around. Yeah, not that year though. Yeah, he's too young. Yeah,
0: but there was um, that was a good group. And once again, talking about atmosphere. Yeah. You know when you when you talk about trying to do something from a physical perspective, whether it's, you know, train for X event or lose X amount of weight or, you know, just as, even if it's just a lifestyle change, the people that you surround yourself with to undertake that task with freaking matter, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, up at BC high, we will always, um, we'll always say, you, hey, your training partners matter. Like if I, if I know that if me, you and Mitch are in the same, on the same team, I know that me, you, and Mitch are grabbing a bench together because we know that we work well from a work ethic standpoint. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I were to get a bench with somebody else, you know, it would just be dick around time, you know, and it would be laughing and giggling. We wouldn't really accomplish much stuff. You know, so you need to surround yourself. I mean, this obviously is kind of a microcosm for life, but you need to surround yourself with people who are going to support whatever it is whatever task at hand that you undertake you know no doubt yeah so and that and that stuff matters and then it's that honest conversation with yourself or with a buddy um that say hey we work well together or no we don't work well together you gotta (laughs) be honest you know like honest in training dishonest in competition you know so no stomp told me that one Uh,
1: yeah is that a stonk that's a (laughs) stonk that's a stonk uh
0: for those of you at home. uh Mark Stonkis is uh, the guy who gave me my first training job. He's one of my coaches uh, from high school all the way up through, from freshman year all the way up through varsity, and he's he uh, does a lot of work with sports psychology, and he has the expression of you're honest with yourself in training. I'm not good at this. I'm good at this. You know, this is my weak link. I need to work on this. Uh, and then dishonest in competition where it's, all right, that, those guys are bigger, faster, stronger than me. All right, this is going to be awesome when we take these guys down. This is going to be incredible. Mm, oh, I like a, that. Oh, yeah. it, oh, it's raining? Oh, I love the rain. It play, I play so much better in the rain. Everyone else think thinking about how cold and wet it is. Like, I, I play my best in the rain. Mm. Oh, man, it's beating hot sun. Oh, my God, everyone's going to be thinking about, you know, how hot it is and how fatigued they are. But I trained in this this summer. I'm prepared for this. And right, I love when it's hot outside. Oh, it's freezing outside? Same thing. Mm. You know what I mean? So perception matters and, we, and we'll talk about that you know at some point I, i'm guessing too
1: yeah totally so so 2009 summer you trained us yeah. like amazing summer not only did we work our asses off but you know we we went out to concerts together like yeah, it was just an all-around great all the summer the truck that was <laughs> yeah. that
0: was fantastic <clears throat> was that kenny chesney
1: no was that, that?
0: Was, uh, was toby keith yeah um, we were, weird, weird yeah, we were in some good concerts. Yeah, we were, like it, it was just it was it was social too. Yeah. You know? so like working out for us, it it wasn't like something we had to do. It was something we got to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. So this was, a, you know, before I was in the chair. So you know, everything was a lot. You know, like I was competing with you guys. You know, when you guys weren't inspiring me as much as you know I was giving you guys the stuff to do. You know, so yeah, we had a hell of a summer because. Once again, we talked about it at the beginning. It's, you know, working out, it wasn't something we have to do. It's something we got to do. Yeah. You know, it was fun.
1: I like that. Yeah. So, obviously, leads us to fall 2009. Yeah. And <clears throat> when I coaching texted you a couple time, weeks ago. Actually. You were coaching my brother at the time, yeah. yeah. Was that, uh, what, what was he, at the, was he like a junior? He was a freshman. He was a freshman, was a freshman at PCI, freshman, yeah. 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 So, um, like, I texted you, right? and asked you to come on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why the fuck me? Like, right. that's kind of always, like, your answer is stuff, like, you know, like, nothing special about me, you know? Yeah. Which I love, but at the same time, like, I think you're one of the more inspiring people I've, you know, before before and after, you know, fall 2009. So for to give everybody some context here, can you sort of from your perspective tell us kind of
0: yeah sure like what people happened. always ask me yeah. can i like can i ask what happened and i i, I like telling the because i think it makes me sound tough you know like, <laughs> so i was on my way um to mbx training which uh was my job at the time at sunday on a sunday morning to train a blind kid um and hit a pothole in the road Hit the median, like the uh, the H O V lane, uh, and uh, which sport, is on the left side of the highway. left the, side the, of the, the highway, yeah, fast lane. It yep, um, was probably going about sixty miles an hour, and uh, you know, long story short, is truck got turned around, flipped over. You know, I flipped over. Um, you know, it must have been five or six times. Got ejected from the vehicle because I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. So, for you kids at home, you wear know, your freaking seatbelt. Um, so I got ejected from the car out the passenger side window. Um, landed in some brush on the side of the road. For anybody who knows 93 South, it was after like 11A. Um, and I was just kind of laying kind of in the woods. Um, I don't remember flipping. I remember um, I remember afterwards just laying there and this dude came up behind me and said, can you move your arms or your legs? And I remember I could shrug him. But that was, I could shrug my shoulders, and that was pretty much it. But I just remember, like, an eerie sense of calm, you know? That's, like, the spinal shock, you know? So, uh, I was like, do you want me to stay? I said, yes, kind sir, please stay. Um, and it didn't really hit me how dire the situation was. Um, obviously, it's like I freaking woke up, but uh, I got put in the back of the ambulance, and, parent, and that's where uh, I was in the coma for, like, two weeks, Um Apparently, I was talking to people when I was in uh, in the hospital when they had me all drugged up, but I don't remember. Um, but then I went into a coma for you know like ten, ten weeks or ten weeks, ten days, two weeks, something like that. Spent three months in the hospital, and then uh, and then I ended up going home. Uh, and then I want to say March. That's when I came back to MBX on a um, on a work <clears throat> basis. So yeah. then, from here on out, it's been you know it's pretty much the exact same thing, you know as a, as a trainer, as a strength coach, physical preparation coach, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, it's been going strong now for nine years or eight years, yeah. You know, since then, so yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. So, oh, so I probably should mention if we're gonna give context. I i was C6 C7 quadriplegic. Um, don't really have use of my hands. Uh, probably from about chest down, uh, doesn't work. I can still feel everything, but it doesn't work. Um, tricep function is minimal. Um, zero core to speak of, which I don't know if you knew. This makes lifting stuff up a hell of a lot harder than it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can press, you know, X amount of pounds, but if you can't control X amount of pounds with your midsection or your pillar, or whatever you want to call it. You don't press, you know, anything. Yeah. You know, so it's been an adjustment trying to figure yeah. everything out. But it's coming.
1: Yeah, dude, you you talk about that whole thing, like, pretty lightly. But, like, knowing the situation and, like, seeing... Obviously, I was rooming with Mitch at the time. Yeah. And, like, it was it was crazy, you know? It was crazy. Like, yeah, I wouldn't know. I was unconscious. And you, I know. I know. And you wouldn't, like, remember... <laughs> Like, I think one of the first times he went in to the hospital, like, I went with him. Just because, like, your mom wanted somebody to go with him, you know. And uh, you don't know till you see, you know. Like, you, you hear it, and then seeing a guy like you that was so fit and so took care of yourself so well. Just, you know, in a coma, you know. Was yeah, just, it was- like, for... for Anybody that knew you was just fucking hard, you know.
0: Yeah, and they actually told me, and this is for, you know, we're obviously going to talk about a lot about the, you know, wellness aspect definitely, of our lives, definitely. you know, over the next uh, hour or so. But um, but anybody who's out there who's thinking like, oh, I feel fine, I feel great, why should I work out? Um, uh, you know, that's kind of the attitude my mom had until recently. My mom's like sixty three or sixty four. Um, she's gonna be so mad that I just said that. She so might want to edit that out. Uh, but um, she just started working out because me and my brother were getting on her for the exact reason of, you know, if you if you are out of shape or even, you know, you, you don't even realize how not strong you are or not, you know, we call it general physical preparedness, like right? just in relatively halfway decent shape, right? You know, like you don't get gas walking up the steps and. You know, being somewhat physically prepared for whatever task you're undertaking. Um, So this goes back to, uh, they told me the reason why my injury level or why I could either recover quicker or why I wasn't so dire as everybody else's is because of the fact that I worked out, you know, and I was, you know, I don't want to say prepared, but... My body was resilient, my body was robust enough to be able to somewhat handle trauma like that. Mm. You know, so I was fortunate enough um, to see a lot of different people in my situation um, when I went down to the Shepherd Center in Atlanta. And uh, I realized how fortunate I was because I saw people that were in my exact situation C6, C7, quadriplegic that had nowhere near. The ability or the independence—not um, independence at the time, but independence potential—than um, I had, for example, like there were big old stretch mats down there, and like I, I could h- transfer and hop over from surface to surface, no problem, low surface to high surface, you know, whatever, normally pretty well. It took me a while to learn how to do that, but it happened. Um, but there were people that, in my exact injury, that couldn't do that; they had to be physically lifted so i remember the value of perception um being very very real to me at that moment when you know there's a big old workout room area and on one side were all the people with like spinal injuries in the low back you know like t and l whatever and they were like someone was standing walking with like back braces and all that kind of shit, like on treadmills like oh kind of suspended but doing that kind of relearning how to walk and i'm looking at them i was like man i would Freaking kill to be those people! I swear to God, like, like I would make a sacrificial, you know, I would, you know, whatever. I would kill to be those person, mm. those people. And then I turned my head slightly to the left, not even 180 degrees, and there were people that were being driven around with remote, con- like a remote-controlled car, by loved ones. And I said, those people would kill to be me. So there's always that, that there's a value in perception, on. Just in, like, obviously, in, from situation to situation, but in life, you know, like how you look at things, like um, being able to flip the script on something and say, you know, st- take something that was detrimental or something that was um, kind of, you know, a negative and say, there's some way that I can flip this around and make it a positive, for example, you know. If I'm just taking an example, I just always draw from like football and working out. Like, if a kid, you know, sprains his knee playing football, um, and it's unfortunate he's not playing right now, like, he can flip the script and say, hey, you know, this is going to give me a lot more time to work on my upper body so that I'm more resilient to injury and I'm going to make sure that I'm in every meeting and I'm going to take mental reps every day in practice and I'm going to come back you know, physically and I'm going to come back mentally better and ready to play so that the transition won't be as difficult from you know, injured to not injured There's got to be a way that you can take negatives, and humans are the only species on planet Earth that can do this, is we control how we think. You know, like we can control what we think, you know, how we approach a situation. You know not every species can do that they're very it's very you know reactionary and animalistic nature and all that kind of stuff and you can argue you know all you want about you know people having that exact same trait but you know it's it's a humongous advantage for us to be able to look at a situation or or look at something and then be able to say how is this how am i going to let this affect me it's not easy it's a skill that has yeah. to be practiced but you know it can come. It's just like anything like losing weight or feeling better about yourself or whatever the hell you're talking about.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Those, we could end right there. (laughs) uh, So, so October, October. So here's what, when I texted you, my goodness, No, 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 I'm just, I'm just setting the timeline here because this is something I find incredible. Like October, then in December, you're texting mitch our workouts you're yeah. still training us yeah, I two that. two three months later like you're not you're technically not skipping a beat i think you're still in the hospital at the time probably if, if um, it was you know, yeah december, like december then, yeah. you're testing you're you're still our trainer you know which is incredible and then may <clears throat> you're right back in the gym training us for the summer like nothing had fucking happened well, that, so I know, like you just talked about perception and the mindset around it, but how in that short amount of time did you did you do that? You know, because I find that just um, incredible. I really well, do. Like you're you're literally learning how to live a new life now, and you just didn't skip a beat. Like you're back to work. You're you're back to doing exactly what you were doing before, for the most part. You know.
0: Well. You know, there's a couple of layers to that. Number one is, we just talked about perception. Like, obviously, I'm in a wheelchair at that point training you guys. So, like, I don't look at it as anything that I was doing. I look at it as, like, mentally, I was still there. That was something that Mark Stonkis had said to me. Like, he's like, hey, this thing didn't touch your mind, right? And I'll take being in a wheelchair, you know, 10 times out of 10 and twice on Sunday over being, like, you know, a vegetable or losing part of my brain or even Man. somebody who has a traumatic brain injury like that, you know, they never come back the same. So that, that that, has never been lost on me, you know. But going back to that, it was, I think, a testament to you guys and your ability to take verbal coaching. Because um, obviously I'm not giving you technique pointers on a squat at that point. But um, I think it's a testament to you guys to be able to understand what I'm trying to say verbally and then if you didn't understand, you know, let me know and I could find a different way to say it, you know, so that's number one for me is, and that goes with the kids that I, cause I went back to coaching at BC high, um, the following fall um, and it was the same thing where, um, so I got interviewed at some point and they asked me something similar and I always look at it as, you know, that's the testament to the kids to sit there and be able to take coaching and not be kind of swayed by just the optics of a guy in a wheelchair what the hell is a guy in a wheelchair going to teach me about playing football how the hell is a guy in a wheelchair going to teach me how to squat or clean or you know whatever you know um and then the second layer to that is you know how did I do it so quickly and first of all it didn't seem effing quick it seemed pretty friggin' long but like All the other shit, that was new to me. Learning how to get up and, you know, transfer and live this life. Training was the old stuff that I I got to forget about, you know, being in a wheelchair. So it was, once again, something that I got to do, not something that uh, that I had to do or, you know, felt any... It wasn't like any sort of a strain, you know what I mean? It was... The way I looked at it was, like, I don't care what I do as far as rehab or, you know, whatever... But I have to get back to what's familiar to me and what I love, and that's being a meathead with you guys. You know, like, <laughs> like, dude, I'm a meathead for a living. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm able to, you know, help you guys get to the goals that I no longer can get to. And that was even before, you know, I got hurt where I looked at it as having a very... If I said it was a mediocre college football career, I'd be freaking selling pretty high on myself. It was not what I intended, um, and I looked back at me at that point um, and was thinking, I really wish I had the mental makeup that I do now mm. because, you know, back in college I was a mental midget. I had phys- the physical tools, but one wrong play, one missed block, you know, whatever it was, and my head went straight down. So if I could sit there and now take what I learned from that and, you know, that like what I learned from that about myself, which is, I don't want to be that guy. And, and, you know, it it went from being taking like a long distance view, you know, that thousand foot view to having to zoom in and take that, you know, two, three, four, five inch view of, you know, taking things one step at a time. And I don't care what's coming down the road. I don't care what I just did. It's one step. You stack step on top of step. You know, um, the fact that I could communicate that to you guys to make sure that you guys didn't make the same mistakes I did or, you know, have the same mental makeup as I did. That's why, and you guys got me as a coach way before I knew about the art of coaching and and what true coaching entailed, where I was just an old-school strength coach, bark at you guys, um, you know, screaming at you guys about making your runs and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, it was making sure you guys didn't make the same mistakes that I made. Or... Seeing qualities in you guys that I had that either needed to be nipped in the bud that weren't good qualities or qualities that I had that needed to be expounded upon. You know, and say, hey, this is what you really do well. Keep doing this, but this stuff over here, let's maybe try this. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kinda
1: Yeah, you know. in in one thing like I remember just again on the perception front, like you know, you training us in the second somebody would like complain about like having to do x amount of squats or x amount of weight for squats or or anything below the waist you would just give this look like you really? fucking kidding me really? i'd kill to squat yeah. you know oh, and i i use the guilt trips yeah. so much but it but it snaps you so much a, as as a uh, trainee it snaps you right into Oh yeah. What the, what am I talking about? Right. Once yeah. again, Perception. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, I remember we were training the Notre Dame girls ski team once and we were doing like a, it was a team builder, you know, it wasn't really meant for the training effect. It was meant to like, see how the team could push through and how they, you know, encouraged each other and all that. So we were doing like a wall sit and I think like Russian twists while the other side of the group was doing a, was doing a wall sit. And, uh, one girl after the waltz that was sitting on the turf. I'm like, all right, get up, go over there. You know, you got your Russian twists or whatever the hell we were doing. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God. I literally, no, I can't. I literally can't feel my legs. I literally can't stand up. And, you know, she didn't know me very well at the time, but the other girls did. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't stand up. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. And then, like, this girl gave this look of pure horror. <laughs> like, what the hell am I complaining about? You know, like, it, it, like, it was a little bit of a guilt trip. I, I actually made her feel a lot worse, so then, in turn, I felt bad. And, and then, I so I kind of cracked a smile to her, know I was joking. But the rest of the girls were laughing because they knew me. But this poor girl had no idea, like, my sense of humor. And you know me with the sense of humor. It it, it takes a little while. Yeah, Because yeah. I'm pretty, you know... Dry. Yeah. So <laughs> I... Like, make... Like, you know, like... You know, it's constant banter. You know, and you know, we just talked about the outfit that you have on and how you look like a lost oh, boy. Oh, I knew I
1: knew the second I <laughs> I changed up after the workout that I was I was, oh, gonna, it's incredible. I was gonna get some shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Looks like he just freaking pulled a shirt out I'm of a dumpster and then picture like whatever Peter Pan would wear. <laughs> you know, that's what's on his lower body and then somehow's wearing water shoes. You know? And uh so yeah, every time I see Pat I I'm usually like to consider myself pretty quick witted, but uh, I was I was speechless. That's <laughs> <a really tired. sighs>
1: I love it. All right, so I totally so the other thing like I want to get into obviously you have a ton of knowledge on fitness and health, and yeah, <clears throat> you love reading about it, love trying different things, absolutely. Um, and I figured it could be cool to talk a little bit about nutrition side of things. Obvious, absolutely. Obviously when you were training me, you know, and anybody that was training me or any coach that was coaching me or oh, anybody course. at school or everything, like the emphasis and with, with sports in general and to this day, Absolutely. emphasis is on, on high protein diets. Oh,
0: definitely. And yeah. then, um, so I told you on the way out, I was like, man, there's a lot of shit you say that I agree with and there's a lot of shit you say that I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I want to like punch you through social media. Um, so I 100% agree with you that the whole, um, the protein thing has been way overblown, right? You get kids coming to me, you know, um, asking about supplementation, you know, coach, what protein should I take? They tell me what do you eat for breakfast? No, I didn't eat breakfast. Let's talk about supplementation when your diet's right. Yeah. But and then people say, okay, yeah, I'm going to go home and I have two chicken breasts and then a, you know, 50 gram of protein, protein shake. And I'm going to take in, you know, two, three, four times my body weight or, pound yeah, or yeah. grams Whatever. of protein per pound of body weight. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to get jacked. Nah, man, that's not how this shit works. <laughs> if, you, if you intake too much protein, just like if you intake too much of any other, you know, Gonna store, it's gonna stored it as fat. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of kids that think that they're doing right and going home and just all they're doing is just, you know, throwing just protein, but not even thinking all they're thinking is high protein, high protein, high protein. I need protein, I need protein. Yeah. To build muscle, you need protein. That's what it does. This is not it's not, you know, up for debate. With that said, with you one hundred percent about there's just too much, you know, and people get so obsessed with it. And um, and the other thing is that it is part, it it is a piece to the puzzle. And everybody just kind of gets so kind of zoned in on the protein because they know that it builds muscle, and they think, hey, if a little is good, more's better. Yeah. Right? And that's not the case, you know. So when people kind of... Say, you know, protein, protein, protein. You know, it's like, you know, what about everything else? And then, so, and then I was listening, you know, I listened to the stuff that you say, and obviously the buzzword, big buzzword is plant based, plant based, plant based, plant based. I look at the shit that I eat, I look at what my brother Mitch eats, who's a competitive CrossFitter. Um, let's just say he's fit. All right. Like, I'll uh, okay, we'll leave out that. We, we won't. Yeah, we won't. Like, all we got to do is say, like, picture Captain America. But at like five foot seven, and that's kind of <laughs> where he's at, you know. Like just machine doesn't really seem to get tired, you know, which must be nice. Um, <laughs> but I, but I look at it as we're all plant based, right? Um, where the majority of our diets, you know, I, I, for an athlete, for example, um, and this is obviously a huge generalization because everybody is so incredibly unique. That's why you can't take a diet plan that you used and give it to me or I can't take a professional athlete's diet and give it to a high school kid. And same thing with workouts, right? You can't take a pro athlete through a workout that, you know, a 7th grader would do or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, just that shit doesn't work. Um so it's so incredibly individualized that you know, like let's just call it 30% protein for, you know, as you say, average Joe, you know, whatever, 200-pound athlete, you know, football player, once again, because that's my, that's my little niche here. Um, I would say like 30% protein, 60% carbs, 10% fats, or F around somewhere in that area, right? Um, to me, and so now I look at it, 70% of my diet is made up of plant-based food, is. plant plant whole foods right because any of the grains that we kind of intake grains carbohydrates whatever you want to call them uh that we intake come from planet earth right so like that's once again a recommendation like i usually don't go really far into the diet side of things but the recommendation is take you know carbohydrate that comes from planet earth like not something that comes from a cardboard box you know so then you're talking about you know Everybody knows your, your carbohydrates that come from planet Earth, right? Rice, quinoa, brown rice, potatoes,
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: you know, couscous, all that stuff. Side note, quinoa, dynamite. Dynamite. Absolute dynamite. Dynamite. You know, and, and at, see, I have bites. So you call
1: that a carbohydrate? So here's, here's my, like, hang up yeah, with I it Yeah,
0: I wanted to yell at you for that, too, but go ahead.
1: My hang up is that when you talk in the form of macronutrients to kids and athletes in particular... When they hear protein, all they think is a dead animal, right? When they hear carbohydrates, all they think is rice and pasta. When they hear fats, all they think is, you know, avocado or olive oil or whatever, right? Instead of just telling, talking about the food as a whole, like go home, eat quinoa, eat brown rice, eat potato, eat, you know, chickpeas, whatever, right? Because people just get confused, and to me, like, if you want to talk in those terms, like, tell them exactly what it is, right? And why not eat protein that comes from a plant source?
0: Is that a question? Yeah, that's why a question. Yeah, um,
1: why? Why does it
0: have to be? Well, why here, not? Here's yeah, my, here's ahead. where I'm. I, am. I uh, and. Because I, I always used to bitch to your mom about this kind yeah. of stuff. Your mom's <laughs> always around. And yeah. plus, I just... I mean, once again, banter in what we do. It's what we do. You know, we go back and forth. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. But I always used to say this to your mom. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. Right? Except for... Here's what we got. Right? Animal sources absorb better into the body. They don't... The, the There are proteins that, that get lost in metabolism. Right? And number two is the sheer quantity of the proteins that you would have to eat to either maintain or build, you know, the kind of muscle that you want. Now, with that said, I'm not saying it can't be done. Right. And and, and I'm not even saying it's like an, Oh my God, outlier type thing that it can be done. It can be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but when I'm just saying it's not an ideal scenario where you're now having to shovel so much stuff into your mouth all the time. Um, just the sheer quantity of the stuff you're gonna eat, and you know it doesn't absorb as well into the body um, as you know an animal protein does. Um, and then the other side of it is, I feel like, and then this is like obviously you're the outlier because you you saw something, you believed in it, it has worked so incredibly well for you, so you were riding that friggin' horse until it drops, and I I have absolutely no problem with it, right? But I feel like with other people and most of the people listening to this are of the vegan persuasion, right? Or at um, least or, interested, yeah. Right? Um. But <clears throat> fact that to the layperson, right, it's very, very hard to maintain that, right? And once again, going back to Eileen McCauley, right? I mean, let's call a spade a spade. She isn't the most strong-minded of people when it comes <laughs> to physical wellness and fitness, <laughs> right? Um. But with that said, it's tough for your layperson to maybe want to go out to dinner and say, Okay, I can't have A, B, C, and D, and then you're the unfortunately your stereotypical vegan. Where it's, do you have that in tofu flavored chicken? You know, and then it's like, okay, no, we don't. Okay, I'll have this. Or you know, it gets very, very difficult to maintain um over x amount of period of time. Which once again, commendable to you because you found something that is making you feel the way that you want to feel, and that is genuinely making you, you know better you know and but for most people most people are going to sit there and say okay I can do I can do most of this stuff right and then um, and they oh but uh, I'll have a burger on the weekend or okay I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to have a protein shake I'm going to put some whole milk in it or whatever because I don't have soy or whatever just yeah. throwing stuff up, <clears throat> where I just feel like it's a very very difficult thing to do and once again commending the people who are listening to this on their ability to be so strong-minded and and mentally tough and, you know, all that, to be able to consistently do something that's more difficult to do in the sake of wellness. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I would say, like, tie this back to perception, right? I want to eat this way because it makes me feel a certain way, right? Right. I don't give a shit about the perception of, like, a friend or family member when I'm out to dinner and I just ask the waiter, hey, can you make something vegan? Oh, of course Right? I don't care because I'm dedicated to it. Like, I know why I'm doing it, how it makes me feel. It's just like being an athlete. Like, you sacrifice certain things, right? But I... Back to kind of, like, eating mass amounts, you said, and to get what you need, I would disagree with that. You know, if you're... You can load up on a you know cup of nuts or or a big cup of black beans, and when it comes to protein when it comes to that, like those are high calorie high protein foods oh, absolutely. and you just need to find like the new foods and i i i I wish I was like a competitive athlete when I tried it to see, but I look at it as an advantage, not a and yes, in the Boston area, it's a little difficult if you want to be social around it, yeah but it's not hard if you're buying your own groceries. It's not hard if you're cool with going to the Whole Foods salad bar for lunch or, you know, not, you know, or or eating your own stuff, which, you know, like when Mitch and I were playing, we did that stuff anyway. Like we oh, weren't, absolutely. we wouldn't go to like a concert or go out with our buddies and like we would have eaten before because we wanted like good food, exactly you know, right. for, because we were ourselves. dedicated to what we wanted to do, you know? Of so course. it's the same to me, it's the same approach. It's just like, you know, if you believe in the benefits and you know the benefits, it's like, right. just do the work, you know, just do the work. Like, so I think you like know? what we just talked about, <laughs> Yeah,
0: I think we can both agree, regardless yeah. of what side we're sitting on, most people now, you know, especially in America, but, you know, in the world when it comes to all this diet stuff is most people aren't mentally made up like we are
1: agree somebody who will sit there and say
0: i am going to sacrifice abcd like my brother and his girlfriend like uh, they sat there and they were eating like strawberry freaking shortcake last night and then they woke up and his girlfriend had a freaking brownie for breakfast both of them look like fitness models yeah (laughs) all right like matt you want some yeah i really do can i get you a piece no, because I'm going to feel like garbage tomorrow, and when I eat a cucumber, I gain 15 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's I'm sitting there staring at my brother, you know, with eight abs, shoveling his face full of, yeah. you know, brownie, and it would be really, really easy for me, you know, to, to kind of slip or say, yeah, I'll let him do it. My brother's on vacation. Why not? I'll have a brownie with him, right? Mm. So I think, you know, what it comes down to overall is your ability to – to keep the big picture and see the forest through the trees like, in, in, as far as perception goes and say, hey, this is what I'm sacrificing for, you know, this. So I guess that brings it back to, once again, I, I'm not saying it can't be done. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is I guess sometimes the other issue that I have is it seems like everything gets painted with such a broad brush. We should be vegans. You know what I mean? And then, I mean, obviously it's an old adage. It's like, yo, how do you know if a person's vegan? And you just wait, and they'll tell you. Yeah, right. You know? um, But it doesn't have to be, you know, one for one side, one for the other. And it's always, you know, it's so fixed. Yeah. You know, I don't think it has to be fixed. Like for you, I'll bet you you could be vegan. I'll bet you I could say right now. what you weigh 175 pounds 165 pounds give or take yeah 165 i can say hey man i want to see if we can get you up to like 180 185 going completely vegan obviously those aren't your goals yeah right um and let's see if we can do it on your terms yeah right and that would be the start you know because once again we're going back to everything being so individualized that i don't believe that you can sit there and say you know why can't people see this? Why isn't everyone eating like this? You know, why isn't, you know, you know, this information so prevalent when maybe that's a smaller population that is either one, willing, right? Dude, why aren't you a vegan? Because I effing love steak, you know? Yeah. Willing or, you know, mentally tough enough to, to, to do something like that. You know what I mean? So painting anything when it comes to wellness or in general uh with such a broad brush i feel like that can be dangerous you know like once again if you're sitting there talking to somebody about you know what's working for you going back to i'm not necessarily going to take a freshman in high school and have them do what a pro athlete does i might not I, i might tell them you know as opposed to saying hey being vegan is what you know it is this is this is it you know, this is what worked for me and this is why, because yeah. of this diet. You know, um it could be, you know, let's take elements of a vegan diet and let's give it to you and then we'll maybe start off with a little bit of protein or meat or lean protein. Or, you know, you know, we don't have to do one hundred percent vegan diet all the time. We can add elements and then slowly but surely, just like we would with a workout, right? I wouldn't bring you guys in and say, Hey, you know, all right. Let's have let's throw three fifteen on there. All right, like if we did that today, number one, it would have been pretty funny to see you. All right, and number two, you know they would fail, and that is, I believe, you know what's behind a lot of the failures with not only a vegan diet or lifestyle. Because I hate the term diet.
1: You I know, agree with
0: you. I despise the term diet because diet is short-lived. You know, a diet is. Something you do until you weigh X amount of pounds and then inevitably, you know, turn back to the cops and <laughs> blow right back up again, you know. Um, a lifestyle change is something completely different, you know. So, like, in just like we would periodize, um, that's just a fancy way of saying, like, plan out, you know, how I want workout sessions to go and what qualities I want to enhance. Just like I would periodize like a workout, I'm still going to periodize diet. So I would start with a workout at the end and say, hey, you know, the goal is as strong as you can be by, you know, what was it, you know, late August or mid-August when you guys went back? Yeah, yeah. Right? And we would start at the end and say, okay, and then we work back from there. And I feel like sometimes what you do, because you're so effing passionate about it and that's awesome, you know, like is... It's so in your face all the time, Mm -hmm. and it's this is the way it's got to be, and this is, you know, how you do it. And then it's going from zero to 60 so quick that by the time the person gets up to 60 and they're going so fast, and then all of a sudden it's unattainable. It's unsustainable.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? So, So, yeah, dude, I think, I don't think it's an all or nothing thing. I talk in those terms because, you know, there's a part of me that it's like, yeah, like, because people do wanna give it a try, right? Of people wanna try plant based. There's obvious benefits right. to it. And we're talking very much fitness wise here. Yep. Longevity wise is kind of the shift oh, I've made in my life. Shit, yeah. From from thinking yeah, we've, about we've how on I one thing. how I look or how much weight I can lift and things like that of and course. shifting towards I just wanna live and feel my best for as long as possible of on course. Earth, right? and
0: that's where I I say giddy up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I am like, if that is what's working for you, yeah. by all means, so, do it. So my
1: research and my data, right, obviously, and I've felt it, right, leads me to believe that the closer you are to a whole food plant-based diet, the longer you will live, right? And you see that around the world with the longest living civilizations in the world. That's how they eat, 95% plant-based diet, right? And
0: I don't know where I was going either there. Well, I, Well, what I think is when I think of that, I, you got, you know, and, and once thing like, I'm only going to sit here and yeah. pretend to know percentages of what, what, like, you know, ancient civilizations or, or I want to say ancient, but... Um,
1: Not ancient. I mean, well, they're, they're very, very much like, just one like, in California. No, right, exactly. Like, no, what I wanted to say was yeah. um,
0: certain parts of the world, you know, where they live, obviously where you live in the world is going to determine what type of diet that you... You normally consume, yeah, and I can, not, I,
1: I, not not today in the U.S. Though,
0: well, for the most I'm part, there and if I you're Eskimos up city. in Alaska, right, yeah. a relatively cancer-free, you know, population, right, and their primary foods come, you know, fish and then fats. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you're talking about a a segment of the population that has lived, you know, for the majority of time like that. You know what I mean. So I feel like. When it comes to t- statistics, I feel, and this just doesn't go for plant but it just goes for anything, yeah. where I can sit there and have a confirmation bias and find out anything I want that's going to say what I want it to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you yeah. know, I could go the other way with it because, and, and, full disclosure, uh, this is before you even asked me to be on the podcast, I have articles saved on my phone that I was sitting there reading going, I can't wait to send this to Pat, or I can't wait to use this in a freaking <laughs> yeah. podcast or yeah. something like that. Um, so, and then you look, you can look at you know, uh, Asian civilizations that, and once again, I'm not gonna. I, I this is just me reading somewhere, not retaining everything, which it's a freaking habit. Um, so, I, I'm one of those people that has to read everything like three, four, five times before I can, you know, completely fully digest exactly, it exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I know that about me. Um, but there are civilizations in the mountains of Asia, same thing where you're talking about high amounts of protein like main um their main food is either fish from rivers or you know chickens that they've had that they've hatched and brought up and then plants right um and so once again i feel like it you know can be done and i feel like a lot of and i think maybe this is where it started um where we were talking about actually i was listening to ted talk and uh we were talking about processed meats. Yeah. We agree. Like, there's no in-between there. Right? Yeah, but
1: I would argue all meat is processed, right? I mean, how do you take a, a dead cow and process all its... You have to process
0: it to get it to it. It's processed food. Right. Well, it all depends. Like, Once again, and it's broad, like, broad broad brush yeah. with process. Like, you could sit there and say... You know, you say you don't like eating things that have been killed... I sit there and say, you know, fresh cut grass out back, the smell that we smell has been shown to be a chemical that the grass gives off because it's in pain. All right. That to me, <laughs> yeah. once again, that's a stat that I wanted to throw yeah. your way at some point, too. <laughs> you know, like, Suck on that, Pat. What do you think of that? You know, so, our, one of our favorite yeah. smells is, you know, whatever. But, yeah. you know, I could sit there if I was really being, you know, a jackass. Yeah. And I could say, like, you don't know, like eating yeah, dead pla- things? Yeah, plants. Plants are dead. Plants you know, whatever. Are dead we, too, we, yeah. we could do yeah. that if I wanted to be a real dick. Yeah. I, I don't. No, I
1: don't no, have no have I've it, heard so. that. Yeah. So to me, what it comes down to, like, we could get into, like, the vegan thing, but we won't even go there. But on the diet, right? like i like i don't read articles anymore right i read like literally every journals, sunday right. i'll read the scientific journal studies right right? Journals, right and if there if i found evidence that showed eating you know more animals would keep me on this earth longer like i would consider it because i really put like my health above everything else in my life right but my point is like all of the science over the past hundred years in my opinion the real science that i have read and researched and again i've felt the benefits point to live longer on a whole food plant-based diet mm-hmm. and to me if that's going to determine whether or not you get to see your you know grandkid graduate high school or graduate college or just not be around at all for them to me it's like to the average person it's like you really can't fucking just jump in and go all in on it and see what happens. Like for me, that's the hangup where I struggle with people because again, I have that mindset that, you know, just do it. Just like right. jump in, go all in, see what right, happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And stick with it. Ready, it. Ready, if you're going to get aim. the benefits, you got to stick with it. Right. Absolutely. So to me, like it, it frustrates me because I just know what it can do. And I've seen people who have jumped in and, Reversed all kinds of issues in their bodies, myself included, and um, so you know, with the whole all or nothing. Like, I encourage any like if you're a total carnivore and you decide to switch to almond milk, awesome. You know what I mean? Like, celebrate right. that. That's cool. Like, that's probably a positive thing for you. But at the same time, I'm like, just, just do it, or you're never
0: gonna know if it it could work. Right. I'm, you know, I, what and I mean? I'm one of those people that you know, if I if I want to try something, like you do, it. ready, fire, aim, right? Yeah. If I sit there and say, oh, "I'm yeah. gonna dip a toe in and exactly. see how it's gonna go," right? And I agree. Um, but going back to the longevity aspect of it, yeah, right. I believe, like as you get older, muscle degradation increases. Yeah, yeah. Right, bone density decreases. Yeah. Um, and so once again, we can go back and, and I feel like if me and you had this conversation a hundred times like the same come loop, out on the, the, the <laughs> loop is gonna, <laughs> coming on the crazy yeah. cuz yeah. like let's call a spade a spade we both have a confirmation bias here like there's yeah. one thing that we're trying to do you know and I so, knew I knew that coming yeah. here today was not going to sit here and say that's going to be Yeah gonna sit we were going to both walk out you were going to walk out vegan uh, right, I was going to go and, up and he's going to take eat. my bison jerky <laughs> yeah. that I'm about to eat here right now you know I kind of brought this yeah. on ironically but dude, this is
1: this is incredible to have but on on that subject so I Follow a doctor who's like very popular. He's been studying longevity for years. Actually, his name, ironically, is called Dr. Longo. Um, but he, you know, he's seen the same thing, right? When you age, the more you, the more protein you need, right? But again, he talks in that that fashion of as you age, you need more protein, right? Well, it's like, well, can I just eat more black beans and chickpeas and nuts? Okay. Like, can I do that, right? Okay. So to me, it's like. It's, it's it's it misleads people, you know, when you say that word, you know, because people think animal, right? Right. Naturally.
0: Um. So then that once again here's yeah. where the here's where the loop is completed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that <laughs> brings me back to the better absorption rate of the protein yeah, and see, the quantity yeah. that you're gonna have to eat. I don't um, fully agree with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. um, when I think build muscle, yeah. Right. Um, I know for me, there's there's a parameter of standards um then you're talking between like let's call it 0.75 0.85 and like and you know if you're really trying to add mass like one and a half uh grams of protein per pound of body weight right um and i would love to see like because this is once again this is above my pay grade when it comes to studies and how well these nutrients absorb into the muscle and into your system yeah um you know that's above the scope of this uh this podcast and if i if you're tuning in, you know, listening, looking to hear that, <laughs> you've come to the wrong place. That's about both of our pay rates. But with that said, I'd be curious to see what the difference in absorption rate is and how much you would have to eat of X to get to Y and yeah. all that. That would be interesting. Um, and then that, but it, once again, it comes back to the absorption rate and the ability um, for your body to build muscle and, and, and get the essential amino acids that it needs mm-hmm. that, you know, don't our body doesn't produce yeah. you know and then you can look at the vegan side of it and i know that you don't supplement and all right you're, you're not the supplementer of no, anything i right? did
1: for like the first year when i switched and then i don't anymore now
0: right i mean and you don't look half bad not <laughs> half good but it's not half bad you know um but uh but there is a need for vegans to supplement with magnesium there is for vitamin d there is for calcium um a couple of more. Um, if you gave me time, I could open my phone and look at it. Yeah. But there are those <clears throat> needs, and there are those essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids that aren't available, you know, through plant-based foods. They are. Um, and or, I can uh, tell you they are. But maybe not. We really, can go through them, but yeah, we, we can we, go through we'll that. But here. yeah, I mean,
1: there are. Like calcium, you know, like cup of, a cup of collard greens has more calcium than a glass of milk. You know what I mean? I mean, okay. just basic stuff like that. Um, I Yeah, you go down the list, you know, to omega-3s. To vitamin D, it's like get out in the sun. That's you know what true. I mean? Yeah, get, get um, vitamin D by getting out in the sun. Yeah. yeah. Iron, you can go into the argument of like non-heme versus heme iron and how it absorbs, but I just think we're overthinking it all, you know? It's just like eat real whole food and if you consider a dead animal a real whole food that's that's up to you you know but yeah. that's it you know And eat enough calories and like everybody the problem everybody's over
0: overstocked with food that right? I agree with uh, you know? because like right now when someone like for example if a kid comes to me and says what do I coach what do I need to eat I'm going to say this in the most dumb people proof way that I possibly can First, I asked if they're vegan or vegetable or vegetarians, yeah. right? Because, you know, once again, I don't want to sit here and say, go home and have two chicken breasts. Yeah. I, I do Dude, not. Dude, you've okay, that. I like you, you that. You've come a
1: little ways yeah. I that. have and, and believe it or not,
0: <laughs> as a coach, you know, over the past nine yeah. years, I might have learned a little something. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But with that said, it's, you know, I would, when people say, you know, I mean, most kids are going to go home and eat chicken or, you know, Yeah, you know, ground beef or or whatever. Um, But it's you need two servings of lean protein, right? Think palm size of your hand, right? And then think you need two sources of fruits and veggies, right? Whatever it is, whatever that depends on the time of day for me. Like think two fistful fist sizes, and then think of a carbohydrate or a grain that comes from planet Earth, um, and think two cups palms. If that if you're a if you're a male. If you're a female, cut it in half, right? I don't care most, I don't want to say like, I, I don't care where it comes from. Like for me, I know the, once again, we're going back to the absorption rates, uh, and how much of it will stay in your system and it will build, um, you know, I will say, you know, preferably the same thing that I had to tell you something that had to die, you know, but if that's not you then that's not you and I'm not going to sit here and push something that because once again once I have zero problem with a vegan diet or a plant based diet whatever you want to call it if that's what works for you if you're building if you're building muscle and you are getting your desired effects by all means freaking do it
1: and I should I should follow that up with when I do what I do right like I just want people to have the information you know like I don't give a shit how you live your life you know like, eat whatever you want. But I I do believe people should know that there is an option that, right. you know, has been shown to help your health in a very right. significant and at the, way. And at
0: the end of the day, you know, if it does that, that's fine. So, like, I've actually, like, I know how well you feel after these four years, right? Like, obviously, you've never felt better. You know, follow, eat green, make green. If you don't know <laughs> about how Pat feels, he'll tell you. Um, But, uh... But I've gone kind of the other way where I don't want to say I was doing the keto diet. Yeah. But there you was, a, around there was it. A, I, you know it's not you know zero carb, but it's lower for me because I know that obviously I don't use the same amount of energy because I'm in a chair all day. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you know, my, but I I've still stayed you know for the most part fruits and veggies. Um. But I in, like my snacks have become higher in protein or and like right now, like bison jerky sitting in front of me and it's been dynamite for me. And I physically have never felt better outside of the issues that are outside the scope of this podcast, you know, but from a physical point, standpoint, I've never been stronger. I've never been in better shape. I've never felt as independent as I do um, from a health perspective. Do you remember there was like that early string from like 2010 to 2013 where it was like, Matt, how are you feeling? When's the last time you were in the hospital? You know, and it was like oh, a yeah. lot of hospital visits. Yeah, it was in
1: and out all the time. All the yeah. time,
0: right? And since 2013, since I started going a little bit, once again, I don't even want to say higher in protein, but you know, I guess by definition, it has to be because I cut the carbs a little lower and I eat more fats. You know, um, where I've never felt better. You know what I mean? I have, and you know, physically, mentally, you know, I I feel like I am a lot better off. And then from a personal standpoint. And this kind of goes back to your TED talk about, you know, you you are very holistic about the entire approach where you said, you know, not putting things with, that have, you know, um, negative energy mm. into your body because you will absorb that, right? I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't buy that school of thought like other people do. And once again, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but for me, I have looked at my evolution as a person and I feel like, you know, the majority of my friends might say the same thing. You know, they'll just say I'm still an asshole. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I've evolved from, from, from a personal standpoint into how I view a lot of things and how I view people who think differently from me and how I approach those situations and how I, you know, for example, you used Courtney in your TED Talk, um, but how I've been able to look at somebody else's issue and the first thing is not think of me. Think about, wow. And the like first thing coming out of my mouth is, wow, that must be really tough for you. How does that, you know, how is that affecting you? Um, those types of conversations, you know, I didn't really have early on in my career. Um, it's been as a development. It's been, you know, developed through, you know, these past nine years or so, both through, you know, reading about coaching and not not just coaching, just personal development books, subtle art of not giving a fuck, legacy, um, all those type of books, and like you know, we could get a good reading list going, I'm sure, between each other. Um, but started to really reshape how I've approached people mm. and how my relationships um, have changed throughout, uh, whether it be a coaching career or just in general, like for when I first started coaching you guys it was you guys like we were friends so it was a little different obviously I gave a shit about you but it was it was session everything was session based results based you know et cetera. and what up in the process and then when my clients left the door you know I always I always would think you know how can I help these people better but never was it in my mind before you know 2013 14 whatever to say when you guys came in how you feeling right not from a physical perspective what's your mental load like and how that affects you Mm. and to let you know that I'm saying you just the trainee to let you know that I give a shit about you know Pat McCauley the person Mm. if you're training with me not Pat McCauley just the athlete you know I, I like you know letting people know that look like we're doing this to make you better you not just a better athlete or I'm not sitting here as a trainer but I'll, you know I'm not, you're not friends with everybody but you know you, you try to be able to connect with someone on a personal level some person you might talk about their parents some person you might talk about you know um, how they're feeling about college athletic career siblings whatever you know um, and the empathy that I can now feel for people I just view that as my development as a person and having life happen, you know, and be able to give an honest introspection and say, you know, early on in your career, you're kind of a dick as a coach. You know, how can I, you know, bring it back around and as opposed to being a drill sergeant, get the best out of each person each day by somehow making a connection? You know, and you would say that, when you realize that this happened when you chose to p- start putting th- like things with positive vibes in your body, mm. right? Um, so, once again, you accredit yours to one thing and I accredit mine to another, but I feel like we're both at the same spot. Mm. You know what I mean? Where we were able to honestly look back and say, that person in 2000 and f- what, five six seven eight nine. 6, 7, 8, 9 is completely different from the person I am now. And I feel like if you're doing life right, everybody should be able to say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It should be able to look back and say, I'm not that guy. I look back at college me and I want to punch me in the face. Yeah. Right? I feel like everybody probably does at some point. Um, and once again, you're able to look back honestly at yourself and say, hey, what don't I like? What can I change? And what's different? You know, and you know, you're know, you going to that whole, whole, whole holistic side of it. Mm-hmm. And, I just went in another direction is, is saying hey, I have more life experience now to the point where I realized I have certainly fucked up yeah. in areas. And as long as you don't fuck up repeatedly, you know, I think like you're in a good spot. You know?
1: Totally, man. I agree there. We're getting we're getting a little over an hour, but um I guess a good one to kind of wrap things up. To somebody listening that is facing a challenge right now in their life they're of any kind and they're down on themselves they don't know where to go what to do i mean what piece of advice do you have somebody that just feels trapped in in a bad place
0: my first thing because i i approach all the thing everything in life kind of the same way and you you kind of saw it in the hospital where they Um, Obviously, when you get hurt, people obviously donate a lot of money because being in this particular situation ain't cheap. Um, So, like, my first thought when they did that was they gave, they were like, hey, Matt, what do you want to call this thing? Right? And, like, what do I want to call the foundation? And I didn't know, you know, uh, and I thought about it. I came back to a cliché. That was the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, right? And cliches are cliches for a reason. You know what I mean? Uh, so I said, okay, that's going to be my approach to this whole situation. Because when I got hurt, I was like, I was like, how am I going to get back to playing basketball three-on-three in the weekend? Hey, how about you figure out, you know, how are you going to go to the bathroom? That might be a pretty handy bit of information to have, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um. So my first bit of advice would be don't think long term. Think, what is the next step? Obviously, you're going to have a goal, right? And when I say with this goal, I guess so this is might be the first one, and we talked about it a little earlier, is ready, fire, aim. What should I do? Do something, right? If it's the wrong thing, you'll figure it out. Then do something else. Ready, fire, aim. Pick something and bleep and do it. Right? I don't care what it is, Right, if it's, you know, I don't know, where I'm not where I want to be in life. Cool. Go back to school. Figure it out. Right, If you're, you know, I want, a, oh man, I'm not a teacher, but I really want to be a teacher. Right, Well, what have you done to make yourself, oh, I, I, I tried taking the tests, and I haven't done a good job of taking the tests. I'm not a good test taker. It's like, okay, right, ready, fire, aim. Maybe find somewhere that doesn't require it. Charter schools. Um, you know, private schools. All right. If that doesn't work, go back, figure out how to take the test again. All right. Ready, fire, aim. Do something. Anything but nothing. Right. And then if you get off track, you reevaluate. You, you, so let me back up. You do something and then you look down right in front of you and you say step by step by step. You're not looking far off into the distance at your goal. You're looking at the next step and what has to be done because if you look so far off at the distant in the distance, you're going to trip over what's right in front of you. And the same thing goes for if I'm looking back at the shit that I've done, whether it be positive or negative, right? If I'm looking at all my accolades from high school, like I did, and I tripped over what was right in front of me, which was the challenge that was in college, right? You're not going to get to where you want to be. So what you got to do is you make the goal, all right? Or, you know, you ready, fire, aim. And then you look down and you take it step by step by step. You reach an obstacle, you go around it, right? Or you go through it, you figure it out. And then you look up, you reevaluate where you are with your goal. If you're a little bit off center, right? Then you then you, you know readjust and you take it step by step by step. And if you're not getting to where you want to be or you realize on that journey that that's not, you know, what you had in mind, then once again, you find another goal right or different aspect of the goal that you set and you take it step by step by step and no salmon ever swims straight upstream right this this shit doesn't happen linearly right like if I'm looking at a line graph it's not a straight line from the bottom left to the top right it's wavy it has ebbs and flows there are challenges there are obstacles right every challenge is not a freaking roadblock right but it is a detour You can still get to the same place you want to go. It might just have to take a little bit different route than you originally expected. So I guess the bit of advice would be one step. You know, take everything and just chip away at it. And this is when I talk to kids about injuries, this this phrase comes in. But I guess it could be applicable to this is a stonemason and this huge block of granite in front of him right and he has this big old sledge or a big old pickaxe pickaxe whatever you want to say takes a big huge swing slams the granite nothing happens does it again slams the granite then nothing happens he does that 99 times and nothing happened right and the 100th one hits it splits in two was it the 100th swing or was it the 99 that came before it you know what i mean so it's all about that process and, you know, convincing yourself to like your pro- that you like the process and being process-oriented as opposed to results-oriented, if that makes sense. So that means, like, if I'm a college, you know, D1 athlete or whoever, and I'm trying to get to the pros, then I can't think, all right, I have to be pro-level. You have to think about immersing yourself in the training and the recovery and the mindset and the nutrition that is involved in becoming, you know, in, in, in training for what you want. So you have to become obsessed with it. And then once again, you take it step by step. You swing that hammer once, twice. It's not going to break on the first swing. The stone's not going to break on the second swing. All right, the tree's not going to chop on the first swing. Whatever fucking analogy you want to use (laughs) right insert analogy here the point is you're going to get to a certain point where you smash and smash and chop and chop and you're never going to know what swing is going to be the 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 swing that takes it down or splits the or splits the granite right but it doesn't matter what that swing is it matters about the process and how many swings that came before it and how you're obsessed with making each swing the best swing that it can possibly be, you know, and that's kind of how I feel about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. That was good. Cool. That and was fantastic. And we're, and we're
0: also, uh, I'm sure me and you can have a conversation. I'm going to think about the other stuff that I, cause there were Instagram posts that you had that we didn't even get to <laughs> uh, <was> stuff that <laughs> for I, another and day. And then like, for like, another day, even like, uh, <clears throat> anecdotes, um, that have come between, like, family members and stuff um, about, like, us communicating without communicating, like, through a third party. And once <laughs> yeah. again, poor Eileen or... Eileen, yeah. Know, she'll be like, she'll be like, Matt
1: says this. And I'm like, fuck that. You fuck
0: know? That not have, I don't agree with that at all. You tell Matt I said this. Yeah. And it's just like, like we don't have each other's phone numbers. Yeah. You know? Like, we've never fucking talked before in our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. We well, dude,
1: yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, number one. My and five, <clears> throat> throat> I know you don't think... You're, you know, some special dude, but like, like you're in there. We just freaking lifted. Like you're, you just don't let anything stop you, and you've been like that since I've known you. And it's just, I know, I use, I use the word inspirational all the time, and you're like, what are you talking about? But like, it's amazing, and people like what you just said. Like, people can just learn so much from you
0: know. Yeah, it's just um mindset is so freaking huge you know um and i don't i just the way i looked at it because because other people have told me that too and I'm, I'm to be honest with you i'm like number one that's hashtag humblebrag but yeah. number two <laughs> you know what i mean we'd be doing that same thing you know and i just try to live my life just like in in another thing that we didn't even talk about was like it's amazing you're still recording right now yeah Oh. But it's, a man put this part in, but it's amazing what the human can do when it has to. But everybody's have to is different, right? Like for me, I have to lift. I have to go about my life. I have to coach. I have to train. I have to do all that stuff because number one, my have to is because I like it, right? Like I like it. And if I didn't do that kind of stuff, I'd be depressed. I'd be down. Right, and I would just be insufferable. Um, but everybody's have to is different. Right? you need to have to pass a class to play, you know, your varsity sport. You could have to, you know, uh, take care of a kid. You know, God forbid. Um, you know, you may have you'd be shocked at what you can do when you have to. Mm-hmm. And everybody's have to is different. You know, so like I have to do this because you know, I got a life I want to lead, and I'm not done with this shit yet you know like i'm not i'm not even remotely satisfied with where we are you know i'm not satisfied with my rec- like people would say i'm fully recovered right now and i would say no i got a long ways to go you know but once again it's about the process getting there and enjoying the process i like going in and lifting weights i like eating right i like feeling my body transform um and and, and undergo the adaptation that i want it to you know um So, everybody's have to is different. I have to have all of these things, you know, because if I didn't, I'd be a miserable prick. I would be skinny fat. I would be, you know, I'd be depressed because, you know, I'd be watching my job and watching people do all the shit that I used to like to do, you know. So, everybody's have to is different. But you will be absolutely shocked when you, what you can do when you have to. So, love it, dude. That's where I'm at. Cool. Love it! Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. We'll do it. We'll do it again. We we'll do it again in the future. There's a lot we didn't get to. Right? We did not even.
1: <laughs> we could have gone three hours
0: and got oh, really right. yeah, in the weeds, but absolutely. we'll do it again. Yeah, definitely. We'll do it. Round two coming up.
1: your